0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's Podcast. The message of the gospel that we preach is not an idea or a concept that is to be argued over, but is a living reality of the revelation of the one true living God, and His name is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because you and I have the evidence that this world is wanting to see. Our lives should be a demonstration of the power of God on full display for the world to see. Your testimony this morning has power because it shows the power of God. Our God is not just a talker, but He is a demonstrator. He is a demonstrator and He is a God of results. Here today, we welcome you to Landmark Apostolic Church. Those are home to our home folk and then our visitors today. God bless you, Amen. We're going to jump into the word of the Lord this morning, First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2, we'll start reading at verse number 1. Amen. If you got it, great. If not, we'll. Throw it up on the uh, monitor for you today. You can follow along there. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. Paul writing, and he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. And then would you turn with me to Acts chapter 2, and we'll read one verse of Scripture here, verse number 12. Acts 2 and 12, the Bible says, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? What meaneth this? And that is my title here this morning, what meaneth this? Amen. Would you help me pray right now? I want the help of the Holy Ghost to be uh, with us this morning. Let's lift up our voices together. Lord, we love you today. God, we're so honored to be in your house. Lord, what a privilege it is. Lord, I just pray for your word to go forth right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for your power to fall on us today. God, encourage us, draw us closer to you. God, everything that we do here today, I pray that it bring glory and honor to your name. God, help us today, and we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. You know, when it comes to telling you all stories about my children and using them as analogies and sermons, it's getting to the point where it's like, I have this, this plethora of options, like, what am I going to share with them today today? And I have to take advantage of this while my kids are young because when they get a little bit older, it's a little more embarrassing when you use them in a sermon. Where right now, Ben, and he, all he cares about, cares about is Rice Krispie Treats and, uh, and candy and stuff, and Ethan's over there. Um, so I have to take advantage of these moments. Uh, raising children is fun. It's, it's a blast, and my kids teach me things all the time and uh they make me laugh all the time it's just the way that they think the way that they do things and uh and so right now Easton 6 years old we're going through all of these changes and uh you know he used to be a kid who could just sit there and 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 play with a toy he was fine you know he didn't have to have anybody like just you know anything like that but now Easton has gotten to the point where everything that he does he wants you to see it he wants you to see it and so constantly all throughout the day hey dad watch this hey dad look at this hey dad watch look 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 hurt, hurt look and like you know it could be anything he could be on his iPad he's like hey dad look this and I'm busy doing something you know probably something spiritual, and uh, <clears throat> and so, and, and I miss it sometimes, like, oh, you missed it, or he could be doing anything, and you know, and, and some of it's like, some of it's like good stuff, and we, you know, we try to do a nightly bicycle ride around the block, you know, and it's starting to get dark earlier, so we're limited to the one or two laps, but it's fun, and we'll go around, and he's, he's learned, you know, I remember when he first learned how to you know to ride without training wheels you got hey dad watch hey dad look at this and stuff and then we'll he kind of slowly gets to like we'll be going around the block and he's taking one hand off of the off of the handlebars hey dad look and I'm like and I can't tell him to stop because I'm the one who taught him how to do it right you know and so there there's been a couple of things I'm like why did you show him how to do that now that's all he wants to do you know, he sees me riding with no hands and stuff like that. And he's saying, and I'm like, no, no, you need to get a little bit older and a little bit more. Uh, we need to put you in a full body suit before we let you do something like that. Uh, you know, so there's fun, you know, things that he does are like, hey, watch me do this. And then there's other things that he does. where, like, hey, he's like, hey, watch this. And after he does it, we're like, what was that? What? So <laughs> yeah, I was asking Mallory last night, I said, I need a good story about, about Easton who, you know, how he's always like wanting us to watch stuff and immediately he pops at her head. She's like, oh yeah, when he wants to do a handstand. And I was like, uh, when he does a handstand, I couldn't remember. She goes, hey Easton, do a handstand. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. So Easton learned how to do a handstand, but his handstand consisted of his putting his hands on the floor, lifting up one leg. So he would stop you no matter what you were doing and say, hey, dad, watch this. And, you know, I didn't want to, like, make fun of him. You can't make fun of your kids or stuff like that. But it was hard not to laugh and be like, that's not a handstand. That's not a handstand. And so now he's, you know, he's gotten a little bit older. And so last night we asked him, we said, hey, do a handstand. And so he goes in there. And now he's kind of gotten to the level where he puts both hands on the ground, puts his head on the ground. I'm not going to demonstrate that for you here today. And then he just jumps up with both feet real fast and then back down. And he's like... And still, you know, we got to encourage him like, that's awesome, buddy. But he's, this whole thing, this whole level that he is at, this stage that he is at, he's like, hey, dad, watch this. Watch me. Watch me do this. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to tell me about it. He doesn't want to say, man, you should have seen me do this today. He wants me to see it. He wants to demonstrate to me what he has learned to do. I believe there are three parts to every church service. The first part is realization. Realization is the first part. Realization happens during, usually during worship service, okay? We all gather together. We come in here and we sing songs. We lift up our hands and we worship God. We close our eyes and we begin to realize as the lyrics are coming out of our mouth that God is good, that God is worthy. We sing those songs and they 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 connect with our hearts so well that it brings us to a state of realization that God is faithful. God is merciful. He never changes. We realize that. That's the first part to every church service. The second part is revelation. Revelation is happening right now. Revelation happens where a minister will stand up and and preach to you the Word of God, trying to bring revelation, trying to reveal something to you through Scripture. So you have realization, and you have revelation, and then the third part is demonstration. Where what the Scripture has spoken to us, we put it to work. The power of God is manifested in an altar. It's manifested in the pew. The power of God begins to be manifested in our lives. Amen. Realization and revelation are vitally important because they lead us to a demonstration. And I don't know about you, but we must have a demonstration. We need a demonstration of His power in our church services and in our personal lives. We need a demonstration of God's power. Paul's day, Greek philosophers, they would meet regularly to discuss philosophies and viewpoints and and various uh, gods that people believed in. But when it came to the message of Jesus Christ who died for the sins of the world and rose again, Paul was reluctant to allow these philosophers to view it in the same light as the other religions and in the same light as the other philosophies that was going on that day. Acts chapter 17, the Bible said that there were certain philosophers that encountered Paul. The Bible says this, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others said, He seems to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him, saying, We may we know that this new, what this new doctrine whereof you speak is. For you bring certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean for all the Athenians and strangers, which were there, spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Now... The reason why Paul took this stand against the philosophers was because the message that he preached was not a theory that was to be debated, but it was a living reality of the only one true living God. It's the same reason that you and I take a stand here this morning because the message of the gospel that we preached is not an idea or a concept that is to be argued over but is a living reality of the revelation of the one true living God and His name is Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Amen. It's interesting to me though We find Paul here in Acts 17. He was trying to use human resource. He was trying to use eloquent speech. He was here on top of Mars Hill trying to debate with them, but debate was getting them nowhere. And at the end of his message, the Bible says that some mocked him when he had said what he said. And you will find when you study it out that he did not establish any churches there in Athens, and he had very few converts. So I believe that Paul made his mind up after trying it with human knowledge. When he got to Corinth, it wasn't going to be that way anymore. And when you read, when he got to Corinth, this is what he said. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined to not know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You see, the power of man's words are limited. However, our God is not a talker. I believe He is a demonstrator. And God is looking for willing vessels that will allow His power to flow through. Yes, yes. God wants to demonstrate unto us in these last days His great power. His great power. The revival that I believe is coming to Landmark will not be accompanied because we have great preachers. It will not come because we have eloquent orators. The Bible says the kingdom of God does not consist in words but in power. You see, you and I can talk all day long about the greatness of our God and the power of our God uh, all that we want to but this world is looking for a demonstration of the Spirit of God. They are looking for proof. They are looking for evidence and you and I have that proof in inside of each and every one of us. We have the power of God dwelling on the inside of us. Would you say amen this morning? Amen. That's what I was talking about last week when I said don't be quiet about when God does something for you. Don't be quiet about your testimony. Don't be quiet about when God had made a way where there seemed to be uh, no way. Don't be quiet about it. Why? Because you and I have the evidence that this world is wanting to see. Our lives should be a demonstration of the power of God on full display for the world to see. Your testimony this morning has power because it shows the power of God. God. That's right. Don't hush about it. Don't be quiet about it. Don't be scared to tell somebody what the Lord has done for you. We just recently... uh at uh, Fastenal, where I work at, we took uh, out one of our tool reps, and I'm not going to name the tool rep or the company because I think they, they make an awesome product, but we just recently took out one of the manufacturers, probably, we took them to one of our biggest potential customers, okay? Biggest potential customers in the area. They have over 500 employees, and we had a deal going on on some power tools, some trade in events, and, and and so we set up what we called a demo day, a demo day. We weren't going to go and demolish the, no, we were going to go demonstrate some tools that day, right? So we we took out, we scheduled it all up. We made flyers. We're like, we sent it out to, to the customer. They shot it out to all of their departments. And, and we got it all set up. It was the Fastenal Power Tool Demo Day. And we're thinking, man, we're going to go in there. We are going to sell some tools. So my tool rep asked me, is there anything specific that your guys want to see on demo day? So I forwarded that to my customer, and they came back with a list. And so we had plans to bring tools A, B, and C. And so we get there. We got it all set up. They back the truck up. We unload just just tools and tools and tools and we unload all these toolboxes and we set it out on this table we got this nice little display we set up this awesome light shining down on it and little by little uh the workers began to come in and 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 one of the tools they had requested to see was a portable band saw and they said hey we we use we use these porta bands a lot we want this specific one can you come and can you demo it for us we're like absolutely You got it. So, I mean, when you're talking about tools that cost $500 plus, you're like, hey, this is going to be good for the old paycheck. You know what I'm saying? So we, we get there, and they wanted to see this portable bandsaw. And after standing there for about five minutes, watching the rep trying to cut through a piece of steel with the rustiest blade you have ever seen, we just said, forget it, this is pointless, oh, we had talked up the tool, oh, we had talked it up, but the demo was absolutely terrible, yeah, terrible, strike one, they also, we had a cordless chainsaw, I mean, what's what's cooler than that, what's cooler than a cordless chainsaw, so we have the chainsaw there, fully charged, ready to rip, except for one thing chainsaws require something called bar oil, for those of you who use chainsaws. Yeah, bar oil protects the chain and the bar against wear, rust, and corrosion. It helps you to be able to cut through whatever you're trying to cut through. Guess what we forgot to bring that day? Bar oil. You guessed it. Here we are standing in front of a huge department of maintenance workers who are wanting to see this thing in action and rightfully so. But the only thing I could offer them that day is boy, it's pretty, isn't it? It's, you like that color? Man, that color is awesome. That's like a deep, deep red. I'm kind of giving away the toy now, the tool now. Yes, yeah, a deep, man, I like that color. That's a nice color. That color would look good in your workshop, right? This thing is amazing. Needless to say, we did not sell any chainsaws that day. We did not sell any portable bandsaws that day. I think I received one sympathy purchase of a tape measure just because one of the guys liked me. He didn't want me to feel like a failure, go home and quit my job. It was one of the worst demos I had ever been a part of. Why? Because we weren't able to demonstrate anything anything. Now, did I talk up the product? Yes. Did I go through all uh, the list out, all the capabilities of the tool? Yes. Did I explain the benefits? Yes. Was I able to sell them on it? No. Why? Because the proof of the pudding is in the eating. They didn't just want to hear all the good things I had to say. They wanted to see it in action. They wanted to see what it was able to do. You see, in Christian circles today, there is a lot of talk. There is a lot of fancy talk with enticing words. But what the world wants to see is a demonstration of the power of the living God. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord today. There must always be a demonstration. A demonstration separates the truth from the lies. It separates the good from the evil. The the, the genuine from the counterfeit. There are too many believers confessing all kinds of things without any demonstration of God's supernatural ability. And the world does not care about the name of our church. The world does not care what we name our vision. It doesn't care about what our five-year plan is. What they really want to see is the demonstration. They want to see the evidence of God's power working in your life, working through your life. They want to see that with supernatural results. Yes. You will hear people say, you say He is a God of love. Now show me a demonstration of love. You say He's a God who forgives. Show me a demonstration of forgiveness. You say He cares. Show me how He builds up. Show me the victory in your life. I've heard you talk. Now show me the power. You say that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Show me the battles that you've won. Show me a defeated enemy. Show me the victory in your life. Show me the joy in your life. Church, we have to reach the place where we cease to be hearers of the word only, but we become doers. And this world wants a demonstration. And I say our God is not a talker, but he wants to demonstrate his power through your life. We find this all throughout the Bible. We find all throughout the Bible that God is not a talker, but he is a demonstrator. You look in the life of Moses when God told Moses to free his people from the bondages of Pharaoh. Moses was reluctant to take God's word that he was the one chosen for the job. You have to remember, he was was called to be the spokesperson that had a stutter. A man called by God to lead his people to an unknown land. He was called to be a vessel that God used to perform the miraculous. Moses looked at his own life. He said, I'm unqualified to do this job. There's no way that I can do this job. You, you, it's not possible. In fact, Moses probably even thought to himself, he was the most unlikely choice for the task. But look at what convinced him. What, 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 what was it that changed his mind? Was it talk? No, it was a demonstration of God's power, of God's ability. God told him to throw a stick on the ground and when he did so, it turned into a snake and when he picked it up by the tail, it changed back into a stick. Moses is seeing all these things happen and by this time, God was starting to get through to Moses through the demonstration of His power. The final convincing took place when Moses was told to put his hand inside of his bosom or inside of his shirt. And when he pulled his hand out, it was leprous. And after placing his hand back into it, his hand was made normal again. I'm telling you, God is not a talker, but He is a demonstrator. God will show you. God wants to show you. You look in the life of Elijah. First Kings 18 gives an account of one of the greatest demonstrations of God's power. Elijah was confronted by King Ahab about bowing his knee to idols and false gods. And King Ahab was convinced that Baal was the one and only true God. Elijah believed that there was only one true and living God, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and of Jacob, and the God who supernaturally led the children out of Israel, out or led the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. That's who he believed was the only one true living God. So who was right? Was it Ahab or was it Elijah? And the matter could only be settled by one way: by means of demonstration. By means of demonstration. So Elijah told Ahab to call the 450 prophets of Baal together and then explain how the showdown would be carried out. He placed a bull on the altar and said, let the God who answers by fire be the one and true living God. We all know the story, but here we go. First to go was the prophets of Baal. They began to call upon Baal to consume the sacrifice. Of course we know that nothing happened. In desperation, they began to cut themselves and proceeded to jump onto the altar. To no avail, nothing, nothing, no God answered. Eventually, Elijah told them that their God was unable to demonstrate any miracle for them. So Elijah repaired the altar... He also placed 12 stones on the top of the altar representing the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. He then dug a trench around the altar and soaked the sacrifice with water until the trench filled up. He then called out to God to show Himself as the true living God. And the story reads, in a mighty demonstration of His power that God sent fire from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. It was through this demonstration that God proved to everyone that He was God and that was no one else and that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, said the Lord. And you read that it did not matter how wet and soaked the wood on the altar had become. It did not matter how much the water was in the trenches. There was no much matter of physical restraint and resistance. Nothing could quench the fire of God from being being released. Amen. Let me tell you this. It doesn't matter how wet your situation is. It doesn't matter how wet your finances are. God can light a fire and turn your situation around. It doesn't matter how wet your relationships are. God can light a fire in that relationship. Why? Because our God is a God of results. Our God is not just a talker, but he is a demonstrator. He is a demonstrator and he is a God of results. He's a God of results. I pray that we get to the place one day where the supernatural becomes the natural. It becomes the natural for us. Why? Because God wants to demonstrate His power. He's a God of results and that's what He wants His church to be. A church of results. I want to be a Book of Acts church, don't you? Yeah. With signs, miracles, and wonders. Yeah. I believe that's the will of God. So let's go back to Acts chapter 2 and look at the order of everything that's happening. Look at the order. Can I tell you this? That The, the first thing didn't happen with them preaching Acts 2.38. The first question in the Bible wasn't what must we do? The first question in the Bible was what meaneth this? What meaneth this? You see, they had such a miraculous outpouring of the Holy Ghost that people said, what's going on here? What meaneth this? They were having such a demonstration of the power of God that the people said, what meaneth this? And then, it was after that, that Peter preached Acts 2.38... Excuse me for one second. Right before that, he began to preach Jesus and Jesus crucified. And the people said, this is unbelievable. What must we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. But it all started by a demonstration of the power of God. It started with the miraculous outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, the onlookers were amazed at what was going on. And they asked the question, what meaneth this? You know, sometimes church, I believe if we're not careful, we can get in sometimes a rut. We can create a culture where we just are satisfied. We are satisfied with good church. We are satisfied with that. But if we are going to embrace the apostolic truth, there must be a what meaneth this? Someone in here must be saying, what is going on? Someone new to this, a new visitor should be asking These people in Acts chapter 2, they weren't believers. We read in our text this morning that they were in doubt. And Peter was able to say, these men are not drunk as ye suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, you and I, we should be able to say the same thing when somebody says, hey, what's going on here? Hey, you know what this is? This is that. What you're seeing is that. What was prophesied. Aren't you thankful to know that our this is that this morning? That we have the Bible to look to for our truth and understanding and it is clear god wants to demonstrate unto us in his power and it may confuse some people but that just lines right up with scripture because it's okay for you to say what meaneth this because our this is that would you say amen amen and i would tell you this if your this is not that i would be looking for a new this If your this is not that, I would be looking for a new this. I wish that that would go through every church. It doesn't matter what doctrine. It, it, excuse me. It doesn't matter what religion. What we put out on the sign. We can put apostolic all we want out on the sign. But unless the proof is right here in, this, in these churches. In these pews. On this platform. It doesn't make us apostolic just to put it out on a sign. Right? We become apostolic because of the doctrine we preach. And we're Pentecostal because of our experience and the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes. And God demonstrating his power through us. This is that. I shared this with you once before. Jude said in his book, he talked about a group of men who had come into their churches. And he talks about it in verse 12, chapter 1 of Jude. He said, these are spots in your feast. In your feast of charity, these are spots. You see, the early church would go from house to house and break bread and have communion. And He said, you got these men. And He called them ungodly men. Yes. And He said they're, they're spots. Now look what He said. He said they are feeding themselves without fear. And then He says, they are clouds without water. They have a semblance. They are clouds that don't have any water. Judah's saying you got these men in your church that are just like some weather we experience around here. I've had my fair share of standing out and watching thunderstorms roll right over and not one drop. Was there thunder? Yes. Was there wind? Yes. Was there lightning? Yes. Was there rain? No. We live in kind of a a weird area where sometimes storm system will just blow right over us. And Jude is saying, you got men in your church that are like this. They are just like this. They are no rain. They are clouds without water. And I think it was James who said, I will show you my faith by my works because faith without works is dead. Right? Amen. So when Paul was talking about this in the last days, he put together this—he put together this list that none of us would be proud to be a part of. Second Timothy three talks about evil men in the last days. It says this: Know also that in the last days perilous, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heedy, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. You get all the way down to verse 5. In the same list of all these people, he goes on to say that they have a form. Of godliness now this is where it gets a little scary you read about all these people you read about this list and you think that this man is writing about heathens that he's writing about sinners that he's writing about the enemies of God you believe that but he's writing about people here and he says they have a form of godliness. They, they have a semblance. Out of all these unrighteous behaviors, none of them should alarm us more than the last one. On. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Yes. They are a cloud without water. You know what you have? You have noise. You have wind. You have lightning. But you have no power you have no rain you have no results you see you and I we can make a lot of noise in this place today but if we're not careful and we don't leave this place today you and I it's possible to leave here and have a little sweat under our brow and we say boy we had church today but if there is no power if there is no healing if there is no life change if you're not closer to God when you leave this place today if you're not willing to turn loose of this and that amen and turn to God by the time you leave here then all we've created is just noise all we've created is just a ruckus I'm talking about people laying their addictions down at an altar. I'm talking about someone leaving here healed in their body. I'm talking about someone getting baptized in Jesus' name. I'm talking about somebody being filled with the gift of the, pre- the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about somebody repenting of their sins. Church, this is miracle signs and wonders. This is God's supernatural power being demonstrated in their lives. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in just making a bunch of noise here today. But I'm interested in the power of God being. Manifested in this place. That's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in the noise. I'm interested in the power of God. He goes on to say, they deny the power thereof. It actually means they refuse it. In other words, we're just happy making noise. We're satisfied with just lightning and wind, but no rain. And we say, man, did we have a storm last night? Did we ever have church last night, but there was no power? There was no life change. No repentance. We've got to be careful that we don't just have a form of godliness and deny the power. I know you're probably thinking, Bryce, we would never do that. We would never do that. But we do when we get to the place where we are satisfied with having just pretty good church. I came today, I heard the sermon, I closed my eyes, I prayed a little prayer, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I pray that the one and true living God would baptize us this morning with the spirit of deep spiritual hunger. That we would hunger and thirst after the deep things of God. That we would hunger and thirst after the deep moves of God. Because that's what God wants. He wants to demonstrate His power. How are we going to become a Book of Acts church? Here's how we do it. We settle for nothing less than a demonstration of the power of God. Church, we don't want to be different just because we look different. We don't want to be different because we believe different. We want to be different because there are signs and wonders in the church of the living God. A church where the gifts of the spirit are manifested among us. You go and you look at any statistic right now. You look at the reports that are coming in all across our organization. The churches that are seeing the most growth, the churches that are seeing the most impact where people are coming in it's the churches that where people come in, they say, What meaneth this? It's the churches that have the demonstration of the power of God going on that it draws people in. Would you stand with me this morning? We have to be careful that our generation doesn't become just like Samson. Samson learned how to operate and exist, maybe even be successful without the Spirit of the Lord. I don't know about you, but if God's not in it, I want no part of it. I want no part of it. We can't become a cloud without water. We can't become just a church that's just noisy, loud. I long for a demonstration of power. Yes. Of power. John chapter 9 tells a story of a man born blind. An onlooker suspected that his physical challenge resulted from his parents' sin but Jesus said something completely different he said this happened why so that the power of God could be seen in him and then he did the miraculous and restored the man's sight if the man had been born with sight this miracle wouldn't have happened people would not have witnessed the power of God displayed in this manner and many would not have believed in him I don't profess to understand all of God's ways. His purposes are often far beyond my limited understanding. But One thing I do know is that the challenges that we face, they provide an opportunity for his power to be seen. You got an issue today? You got a broken heart today, your relationship is on the rocks today, your marriage is on the rocks today, you got a physical healing in your body that you need to take place today, you got an ailment going on, I'm telling you that is an opportunity for the Lord to step in and show himself powerful. The challenges we face, that's what they do, they provide opportunity. And you know, church, listen to me. Sometimes that happens when God miraculously fixes the problem. and Oh, I love it when he does that. I love it when he just takes the problem away. But other times it happens through our response to the ongoing hardship. Admitting our weakness... And trusting Him to fill us with His strength one day, sometimes one moment at a time, changes us It refines us, removes the junk and self-absorption from our lives. His strength and His peace and joy fill us and others see His power demonstrated in your life. God wants to show His power through me, through you, through this church. God wants to do it, and it's my prayer today. God, let me be a vessel. God, let me be a vessel for your power to flow through. God, not for my glory, but all the glory belongs to you. God, let me be that willing vessel. Would you just close your eyes this morning, lift up your hands unto the Lord? Would you make that your heart's prayer right now? God, let me be that vessel. God, let me be the vessel for your power to flow through. God, I say yes to you this morning, to your will and your way. God, I want to be that church. God, I want to be that church. Lord, I want to be a book of Acts church. Lord, I pray that the supernatural becomes something that's natural around here. God, we come in here today with an expectation that you're going to demonstrate your power unto us. God, we don't know how that's going to happen, but we just know and trust and believe that it's a, it's going to take place here today. God, we thank you, Jesus, God, for everything that we're going through. God, we have things that are going on that nobody else knows about. God, we got things in our life going on that we can't even tell our spouse about. But God, we know that through the demonstration of your power, God, you are going to prove yourself powerful. You are going to prove yourself mighty. Come on, church. Lift up your voice and begin to magnify God in this place. Lift up your voice and say, God, I say yes to you. God, whatever you want, let it be done right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we believe in you. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.